0: Welcome to All Things Pilates, season four. Though we can't know exactly what Joseph Pilates was thinking or feeling towards the end of his life, we do know he wanted the entire world to practice contrology, and that want has certainly become a reality. Hello everyone, I'm Darian Gold, and here on All Things Pilates, we discuss the man, the method, and how his genius continues to influence and inspire. Our guest today is Elizabeth Larkum, a nationally certified Pilates teacher. Elizabeth has a very extensive background in human anatomy and physiology, and used this knowledge to design Pilates programs for the Center for Sports and Dance Medicine at St. Francis Memorial Hospital in San Francisco. From 1985 until 2000, Elizabeth helped countless patients return to health. She also helped to pioneer the Pilates Method Alliance Initiative called Heroes in Motion. Through this experience, she was awarded the Medal of the Danish Society of Military Medicine in recognition of her efforts to improve the rehabilitation of wounded soldiers. In 2017, Handspring published her book, Fascia in Motion, Fascia Focused Movement for Pilates. She has also written the Pilates chapter for fascia in Sport and Movement. If you're one of the subscribers of Pilates Anytime, the educational online platform, perhaps you've seen Elizabeth in action in any of her 48 videos. She hosts the online webinars, Moved to Learn and Pilates Applications for Health Conditions for Movement Educators and Manual Therapists. As you can probably tell, Elizabeth is extremely busy, and I really appreciate her carving out some time for us. Finally, Miss Elizabeth, thank you for joining us on All Things Pilates.
1: Darian, thank you for welcoming me. It's such a privilege. I'm so happy to be with you. Thank
0: you. Elizabeth, what initially drew you to Pilates?
1: I was uh, dancing in San Francisco, uh, working in educational software, and um, a person in front of me in the modern dance class in the mission, the mission studio, turned to me just before we went across the room with our our combination and um, said to me, did you know there's a place in San Francisco where dancers could take care of their injuries? I didn't know that. Uh, so that afternoon, I was on the phone to Patrice Whiteside at Center for Sports and Dance Medicine at St. Francis Memorial Hospital, and Patrice said, "Sure, come on down." So I went up the hill to Hyde Street. Uh, was so happy to to meet Patrice Whiteside, who was the uh, the designated uh, teacher to bring Pilates work to Center for Sports Medicine under the directorship of Dr. James Garrick, the orthopedic surgeon. I had a knee injury from playing soccer in high school, and uh, Pilates was uh, not only the answer to uh, my uh, prayer in terms of being more functional um, with my whole self, um, but uh, also uh, that I could be guided to a an experience where I could use my love of movement in the service of healing. So here we are.
0: The, obviously, your knee injury that you had when you were much younger was plaguing you when you were dancing, and that's what piqued your interest right away?
1: When I was 15, I tore the majority of structures in my knee uh, playing a A game. uh, This was before Title IX. Playing a game called speedball, which is kind of like a soccer for girls. It's it's uh, not a drug. (laughs) And uh, and what I uh, this was at a time before uh, arthroscopic surgery. This was a a time before sports and dance medicine existed. Uh, There was no one in my environment who could uh, guide me with effective uh, rehabilitation. I had never been injured. I had no idea how to cope, uh, and what I noticed was that the was that over the years uh, that the more time I spent in ballet class with a carefully constructed uh, sequence at the bar, that the more functional I became. So I turned to dance for healing as well as the joy of expression. And uh, it was a natural evolution, I think, that uh, by the time that Dance Medicine was uh, launched in San Francisco in 1985, 1986, uh, that I would be drawn there for personal and eventually professional reasons.
0: Was Dance Medicine launched in San Francisco the first place on the planet?
1: San Francisco is known for being the first place on the planet for for many things. Um, however, uh, uh, it cannot take credit for being the first in this sphere. Uh, dance medicine was uh, was launched was hatched in New York City. Among others, Marika Molnar, a physiotherapist, uh, was the uh, was the the founding mother of physical therapy for dancers. And she worked with a, a number of the orthopedists in New York whose specialty was taking care of the dancers with New York City Ballet, um, American Ballet Theater, Joffrey, etc. This was in the in the 80s. And uh, Dr. James Garrick attended sports and dance medicine conferences with these physicians. Dr. Garrick was very enthusiastic about uh, treating dancers and treating ice skaters, gymnasts, etc. And it was his uh, his uh, affiliation with the Harkness Center for Dance Injuries and others in New York City that led him to attend a dance medicine conference that was hosted in Los Angeles. It was there that he saw a Pilates reformer demonstrated by the ron fletcher company it was the ron fletcher company with michael podwall and diane severino oh. dancers from juilliard and from broadway uh, that brought the the ron fletcher technique for dancers uh, to to the uh demonstrations at this uh, dance medicine conference in los angeles dr garrick was just uh, mesmerized by the clinical the potential I'm sure. of, of the Pilates reformer, Dr. Garrick realized that dancers who uh, who ha- who were injured were not going to stop dancing, so he needed to provide uh, the dancers with a substitute environment where they could be in partial weight bearing or sometimes non-weight bearing, allow the injury to heal while they kept up the specificity of their motor control.
0: That's pretty fascinating. Are we talking the early '80s?
1: We are talking the early 80s. There was so much going on on both coasts during that time period. <laughs> yes, those were happy times for, for the arts and development of um, of integrative medicine techniques. For sure. Absolutely. Did you
0: know early on that you would end up teaching this work? Because most of us... I don't know, maybe I'm speaking for myself, but many of us who have danced forever, it seems like such a natural progression because we, and that's something I wanted to talk to you about and ask you when you're at the bar and you knew you had this knee issue, you automatically knew you had to go inside, quiet down the mind and the body to listen mechanically how the body needed to function correctly. So early on for you, your body was your teacher. You had to learn that. And was that perhaps a springboard for you to think, oh, I, I need to share this with others. And then when Pilates came into your world in a much broader way, you knew I'm probably putting words in your mouth, but it seems like it would be natural, right? It was natural for you.
1: I, I, I follow and appreciate uh, gratefully what you describe um, I was not I was a less conscious being then than I am now during this time uh during the early eighties I was probably uh led by intuition um, led by occurrence around me and less led by a, a conscious, um, logical process of reasoning.
0: But you knew you wanted to teach. You knew you wanted to share the work.
1: Well, I, I was teaching already. I've been uh, teaching, teaching ballet, teaching modern dance, choreographing. I've been, I'd been teaching, um, teaching in the schools, using movement for education in a variety of subjects. Uh, so, yes, I, I was drawn to teaching. Um, I think in, in my first experience on the Pilates reformer in the basement, in the medical records area of St. Francis Memorial Hospital, um, not a lot of vitamin D in that room, I'm telling you. <laughs> um, uh, my experience on that first day was that I was just so elated to discover uh, something that felt like a jungle gym for adults where my uh, ballet and uh, experiences my modern dance experiences had a had a home and in a in a whole building that you know on on the best of days was dedicated to healing just like a moth to a flame I stayed with it for my own well-being, and Patrice Whiteside, the director of dance medicine, invited me to join her as the second instructor. And so that's how we got to here.
0: Wonderful. And you've helped uh, students with so many different kinds of challenges. What has been the most satisfying and even the most challenging part of your teaching?
1: Thank you for that question. Every day, which is daily now that I work with clients, um, it's, it's always deeply satisfying and uh, oftentimes very moving, um, you know, move to tears sometimes either independently or with client. The most significant experience of teaching that was the most challenging is what eventually led to the Heroes in Motion um, program. When I was after St. Francis Hospital, I was teaching at the San Francisco Bay Club. I was recruited to start up and direct the Pilates and gyrotonic programs for Western athletic clubs, of which San Francisco Bay Club was one, the flagship one. And as good fortune would have it, a, uh, a client came to me who had a, a prosthetic uh, leg. And uh, she was a, a new mother, and um, she needed um, help in strengthening and uh, developing her motor control so that she could carry her young son uh, while she was uh, balancing herself and him on her prosthetic leg. She had been a student of Pilates in, um, in Italy and when she and her husband moved to San Francisco, she found me and the Pilates program at the Bay Club. I had never worked with someone who had a prosthetic leg and uh, set about to use my then my information from the Thomas Myers book, Anatomy Trains, to use that uh, to sequence material for what became a program for uh, proximal control of gait. It was as a result of problem solving for uh, sequencing for Heather using the Pilates reformer, the chair, the trapeze table, everything you've got there, to figure out how she could organize her, the volumes of her thorax and her pelvis in all the variety of planes of motion in order to facilitate an efficient gait of walking. Now, as is often the case, in, uh, at least in my life, skills that I don't have mm. but that will be useful in the future mm. Our skills that I'm given the opportunity to develop now. Mm. So I didn't know at the time that um, we were doing anything but helping Heather walk and carry her son at the same time. Right. And um, a, a few years later, I was contacted by Mike Podlensky, was working at the U.S. Naval Hospital in San Diego. And Mike Podlinsky had studied with me um, in a teacher training program uh, when oh. this was at the time when Health HealthSouth uh, was training their physical therapists uh, in Pilates so that they could have an integrative um, offerings of therapeutic and conditioning work in each of the Health South facilities. So Mike had met me and, you know, we didn't know at the time that we would be um you know, destined for uh, Pilates collaboration, but that's the thing—is you know, <laughs> you never know. You, you never yeah. know. Just stay present to the moment and yes. um, and um, be grateful that it's occurring. Yes. So when Mike was at the U.S. Naval Hospital in San Diego, the head of the um, program for uh, that was providing rehabilitation for the polytrauma uh, members of the military coming back from Iraq. And Afghanistan, uh, the, the head of the program there asked Mike Podlensky uh, what he thought would be effective uh, resources for the polytrauma patients, members of the military. And Mike remembered his uh, Pilates training with me, his instructor and rehabilitation training with me, and he thought that the Pilates equipment would be a very effective addition to the resources at the U.S. Naval Hospital in San Diego. So as uh, Mike did his research, and he did extensive research, as one must do, in making a a purchase order request to the military, and uh, Mike determined that the clinical reformer created by Balanced Body with the rotating T-bar would be the most effective piece of equipment to facilitate the rehabilitation of the polytrauma um, injuries,
0: can I can I stop you right there? For those who um, may not know what the T-bar is, can you describe what that is?
1: Yes, ha- happy to do that. Um, thank you for that opportunity. Most everyone uh, listening to this podcast is uh, very familiar with the design, with the architecture of the Joseph H. Pilates Universal Reform. You will know that a that Joseph Pilates uh, designed the foot bar is a rigid foot bar. Now it can be adjusted at different heights, but it's still rigid. Ken Endelman, the founder and owner of Balanced Body, collaborates with Pilates and movement teachers all over the world to bring their uh, equipment innovations to his designs of the this original designs of Joseph Pilates. Ken Endelman collaborated with Jean-Claude West. Jean-Claude West is a kinesiologist, a movement teacher uh, who initially was based in uh, New York, in Manhattan, where he had a private practice. And he then, he and his wife and their daughter moved to Mill Valley, which is the town where I live, north of the Golden Gate Bridge. Jean-Claude West Uh, designed uh, as part of designed the rotating t-bar this is you imagine a weather vane imagine a weather vane that has two paddles you put the foot bar out of the way attach the weather vane to a uh, socket in the end of the Footbar end of the carriage. And then when you are supine on the carriage, instead of your feet being on a steady, rigid footbar, your feet are on the paddles of the weather vane. And you now can um, have many more degrees of freedom in terms of pelvic unleveling and lumbar side bending. You can press more through the right side, more through the left side, and you also have the opportunity for closed kinematic contact of ankle, plantar, and dorsiflexion. It is just a festival.
0: Oh, it sounds it amazing.
1: Uh, thank you. It is, and we're grateful to Jean-Claude's brilliance, his genius, and making it possible for people to, uh, to get much finer motor control and movement uh that otherwise are hidden when you have yes. both heels on a rigid surface.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. I love it. I think Joe Pilates would be happy about that.
1: You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's difficult to predict what would have made Joseph <laughs> Pilates happy. Um, <laughs> however, um, uh, we can certainly be happy uh, imagining that he might have been pleased. <laughs> so as good fortune uh, uh, leads people of life purposes together, the theory of attraction perhaps, Mike Podlensky invited me to provide um, instruction to the physical therapists at um, at the U.S. Naval Hospital, and that led me to the opportunities to refine and contribute my understanding of how to work with people with prosthetic limbs, given the variety of movement vectors that support or provide support in the Pilates environment. And it was as a result of working with um, Mike Podlensky in that environment that I experienced my greatest challenges, for sure, and also rewarding satisfactions in being able to contribute to the uh, to the uh, movement, well-being, and uh, psychological um, feeling of feelings of efficacy for the people involved at the U.S. Naval Hospital in San Diego.
0: And is that program still in play right now?
1: Mike Podlensky is still uh, very and and his uh, physical therapy colleagues are still uh, very much providing excellent work at the uh, U.S. Naval Hospital in San Diego. That particular program that existed uh, to provide uh, supports, uh, all type of support for the polytrauma patients. That particular program is not at the forefront anymore uh, because the, uh, the patient population has, has decreased. So now they provide services of other sorts. You know, oftentimes, uh, well, uh, military medicine uh, vaults forward based on the technology of war. And that was that, that was the case. That was the intersection of that particular time. It's not my place to pontificate on this, only to acknowledge mm-hmm. it. Uh, so we'll bring this to uh, more current times, which is uh, to the uh, a strong interest of yours and of mine, is that how can uh, how can our Pilates understanding, and our Pilates resources and tools and teaching efficacy serve. The current times. Mm-hmm. Now, given that the current times of the pandemic mm-hmm. and the current times of COVID and the current times of systemic injuries uh, that result, um, it's my fervent hope and prayer that uh, we can use our, yeah. our Pilates skills to benefit uh, people who may be uh, suffering in these pandemic times.
0: Yes. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Seguing to fascia, many people are intrigued, fascinated, in love with the idea of what fascia, what the fascia is in our body. You wrote a book about it. You wrote at the Pilates chapter and another book about it. What is it that turns you on about fascia? And why don't you explain what it is? And then how does fascia relate to movement, and then in particular, Pilates.
1: Yes. Um, the first question first, or the second question first, or one of those questions comes first here, which is uh, that why was, I, why was I drawn to the study of um, fascia and the, its expression, having been drawn to and steeped in the, the work of Joseph H. Pilates, the genius work of Joseph H. Pilates, which followed so so well from, um, from dance and sports movement, I just took for granted that uh, the, the, the Pilates principles, that whole body movement was uh, the most efficacious way to go, efficacious approach to movement. When I learned... There was research regarding the whole body system of connective tissue that develops our structure during embryological development, during embryological um, embryogenesis. When I, I learned that this system, whole body system of connective tissue, was richly endowed with receptors. Uh, proprioceptive proprioceptive receptors, temperature receptors, pressure receptors that would affect our ability to move well, I knew that it was important to to study, to learn more about this, and to apply the, uh, the rapidly developing field of fascia research to the Pilates environment. So that's why.
0: As you were studying fascia, were you s- starting to see the bodies, your clients, their their bodies differently when you would give them the same exercises? But with this new evolving information that you were learning, did you just automatically dissect their bodies differently? And then as a result, giving them different cueing or different exercises altogether, because now you have this whole other body of knowledge.
1: Yes, indeed. However, it was not a linear process and took a long time. Now, how long is a long time? The reading of Thomas Meyer's book, uh, his first edition of his book in 2001, uh, started me on the path. My book was not published until 2017. So you could see that it took me (laughs) a while
0: everything Um, in its time elizabeth uh,
1: (laughs) thank you for that i now have however i'm in the the last third of my life and i'm thinking i better pick (laughs) up the pace here Um, the learning was um, overlapped a variety of different settings certainly working with clients and classes and and teaching classes of instructors etc in the movement laboratory provided a an opportunity to try out what I was reading about it gave me an opportunity to try out uh, movement applications in the Pilates environment after I'd been uh, sitting mm-hmm. uh, not too happy about sitting I assure you sitting in a in a fascia research uh, Congress meeting for three days, listening to um, international researchers at the top of their field, describing their laboratory uh, discoveries with mice or with rats. I'm like, okay, fine. What am I going to do in the studio on Monday when I go back to my clients? And they go, so like, so what'd you learn over that conference? And I was like, well, let me try out this. (laughs) Mice and rats. Yeah. All right. And then I would read I would read books, and I would read well, there are not too many books then, but I would read papers and the the majority of of the words and phrases I did not understand it It took a while to get accustomed to this. Um, it was a a great benefit to be able to be a student in dissection laboratories to be able to be a student of Gil headley to be able to be a student of uh, todd garcia and tom myers in their dissection labs and it was there standing shoulder to shoulder in our our protective lab equipment gear hunched over a uh, well i was hunched i don't know about the rest of the group Um, hunched over a, a cadaver and to uh, to discover um, the fascial connectivities between uh, distal aspects of ourself, like the understanding of how it is that the front that the the tissues that lift the eyebrows have a, a direct connection to the plantar surface of the foot. Wow. Then. Well, indeed. And then you can take that, uh, you can take that, that movement experience and say, hmm, how about if I cue the eyes, the eyebrows, the plantar flexion of the ankles to improve Pilates swan on the mat or Pilates swan on the push through bar on the reformer or on the chair. So that's a suggestion. I love
0: it. Fascinating. I think I think that's a whole other episode. I think Fasha deserves an entire episode.
1: Oh yes. If not a few lifetimes, Maybe Maybe
0: maybe you'll come back and we'll just talk about that, but I don't, I, there are a couple other questions and I want to get them in. We, and we talked about this before, but we are so blessed to be teaching Joe's method however we interpret it and whatever our school, the origin of where we learned, but in 2020, everything changed. And I was curious how the pandemic has impacted your teaching life and also your personal life.
1: It sounds um, irreverent to say, but in, in many respects, the, the hard stop that was mandated uh, during uh, in 2020 was a um, a lifesaver for my well that sounds dramatic doesn't it was led to an improvement in my health well-being etc i'm grateful uh, that i have uh, not been ill haven't been sick at all when I was not able to teach in person, as I had been doing from continuously from 1985 uh, March 17 of 2020, um, when I was no longer able to teach in person, I learned fast, um, like the rest of Pilates teachers, that there was a, a great deal of good we could do online, on screen. I had developed a probably what would have been a long-term, unsustainable um, pace and rhythm. I was on an international flight at least once a month. I was uh, teaching clients every day in San Francisco. As pandemic times continued and I uh, joined a number of um, professional uh, conferences, uh, there was the opportunity to, to, to develop international teaching, and uh, eventually the studio in Mill Valley, uh, close to my home, opened, and I have clients uh, daily in Pilates and gyrotonic, for which I'm grateful.
0: What about your personal life, if I may ask? How has the pandemic changed, altered, improved your life outside of teaching? How has it or has it?
1: Well, some days there doesn't feel like there's a lot going on outside of teaching because uh, it's, uh, there's the, the economic requirements and the, the um, hourly work doesn't have the same rate of compensation as international teacher instruction. However, i grateful to have the work that we do I think that the pandemic has has, uh, focused, uh, brought an additional focus. I mentioned that I'm in the the last third of my life, uh, even being optimistic and generous. Um, It is my life purpose to develop a unique movement system that benefits the, the physical body, the neuromyofascial system, that benefits cognitive clarity and that uh, contributes to emotional well-being. I would uh, like this material to reflect the very significant genius influences of Joseph Pilates, also the other systems that I've studied, Feldenkrais, yoga, the Franklin method, a variety of other and dance certainly of teaching. So I'm in the process now of um, focusing on creating movement environments and multi-directional movement sequences that are beneficial to the whole self.
0: Do I hear the Larkin method emerging?
1: well with um, with good fortune, you know, if I live long enough to learn to manage myself, I hope that that will be the case. I have certainly been in no rush to do that because it seems to me to be quite egocentric uh, to do that, and I want to make certain that I have earned a place in movement system world. Uh, at the moment, I'm collaborating with Balanced Body. Balanced Body is uh, has asked me to create, uh, to use their their rotator discs the precision rotator discs in a variety of movement environments so i have unique movement sequences that are beneficial for the for therapeutic and for a general conditioning and other uh, sports and dance specific applications using the rota- the precision rotator discs with the mat with the uh, combo chair with the reformer with the trapeze table and with the coral line.
0: Which you've developed, which you've developed and created with Balanced Body?
1: Um, no, I, I cannot take credit. I c- always credit to where it's due. Um, it was uh, Jean-Claude West with the, his study of early days in the 80s uh, material from Cybex. Jean-Claude West brought the rotator discs to the attention of Ken Endelman, and then Ken Endelman of Balanced Body made the rotator discs out of wood using ball bearings. I was one of the early adopters, along with Marika Molnar in dance medicine, to use the rotator discs in conjunction with my clients' patients at St. Francis Memorial Hospital. And then I continued uh using the rotator discs, including putting them on the rotating T bar. Now wow. there's a festival in all the planes. And so wow. since I'm the, probably <laughs> probably the person in the world who makes most use of the rotator discs, it was uh makes sense for Bounce Body to ask me to do it. So to to uh to employ those together.
0: Will it come out in a book or <laughs> Will you be creating? <laughs> you don't know yet. Are you? I. We don't know yet. <laughs> um,
1: um, let me just assure you that uh, the, the books with Handspring are a significant contribution to the field. Madeline Black and I are currently working on a book that we're co-editing called Pilates Applications for Health Conditions, Case Reports and Perspectives. None of these books are are, are New York Times bestsellers, uh, so you can uh, do the math on that one. All right, Uh, the 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 work with balanced body is coming out in a video series, and a video series on a balanced body channel and on uh, YouTube. So they will be this material will be accessible to any movement teacher who's uh, got uh, discs and curiosity.
0: Wonderful. I know there's a lot of curious listeners out there. I get notes from them. In closing, I wanted to leave enough time for a very sensitive, um, topic, obviously your sister who you lost in this past August. And I had asked you if you wanted to talk about her, if that was okay. To close with this
1: I'm so grateful to you Daria for um, for our opportunity to speak about Daphne in preparation for this podcast and also to share her with your podcast audience um, Daphne really was is the inspiration and the partner for my life's work Soon after she was born, it became apparent that she would not have a normal course of development, that she would not learn to speak or to feed herself. Um, As a five, seven-year-old, it was my fervent prayer uh, that I could contribute to Daphne's well-being and to her healing. And as a result of that, and as a result of her Radiant intelligence. Um, I think we became uh, we'll maybe lifetimes ago. We were also partners, but uh, in this particular lifetime, um, it's my it's my understanding. It's it's the job of the frontal cortex to make up stories. You know, we just make up stories in order to make sense of the world. Now. I'm as good at telling a story as anybody, so the story that I would uh, tell myself is that uh, is that it, it's it's my job to be uh, embodied, to be present in the world as a mover, as a teacher, as an educator. It's Daphne's uh, uh, particular strength and brilliance and intelligence to roam other realms uh, and to bring uh, the the nonverbal, the energetic, uh, the out-of-body experiences in. I uh, have always done my Pilates work with a uh, with a, a, a gratitude to, to Daphne. And now that she has is no longer embodied, uh, she didn't die of COVID. It was just a natural progression of uh, of events because she she lived in the Texas State School from when she was 12 until when she passed away at age uh, 61 62 it's uh, now it's my association that my that uh, I'm inspired by a radiant angel Daphne that's beautiful
0: and she'll continue Thank yes you for and she that. will
1: continue to guide
0: you and inspire you
1: well, that's, that's how I make sense of the world.
0: <laughs> what a special relationship and lifetime as rough as this one is for you both, for all of us, but for you in particular. And look, look at all.
1: Yes. Thank you. And look, at all the beautiful
0: work <laughs> you keep doing and you keep evolving and sharing and you're a very giving spirit. So we're lucky to have you, Elizabeth. Yes.
1: Thank you. And I I couldn't, I uh, would be no good um, uh, rattling around in a room by myself. It's uh, important to be in community with you and uh, also your uh, podcast listeners. If people would like to see the Tribute to Daphne, um, it's on uh, Pilates anytime. It's just called Tribute to Daphne. Wonderful,
0: wonderful. And if anyone wants to call you or reach out to you for a lesson, how does how does this person do that?
1: I'd be so grateful to hear from hear from you. You can reach me at my Gmail account, which is Elizabeth Larkham at Gmail. E L I Z A B E T H L A R K A L M A at Gmail. And do you have a website? <gasps> I don't.
0: Elizabeth, you're going to have to have a website at some point. You have all this information and knowledge, right?
1: <laughs> you are so right. Uh, du- duly noted. It's probably not a surprise to you that I uh, uh, as prolific. <laughs> uh, no, 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 uh, no, no. Hardly that. As as prolific as I am in work, and as disciplined as I am in my work ethic, um, some of the work that I do is service to the field, like the the books that I write. And the, the uh, webinars that the, the webinars that I host for Handspring, but many of these things as services to the field do not have a high uh, hourly rate, and um, I don't have the skill set to design a uh, to design and operate a website. Like it's just over my pay grade. But you know, you could always get a student who's
0: uh, specializing in technology do a trade or something.
1: I'll help you with that. (laughs) (laughs) There there we go, Daria. I certainly need your your wise advice and management.
0: All right. Thank you so much for your time today, Elizabeth. And I would love for you to come back because there's so much more that we could discuss and you can uh, share
1: with our listeners. Thank you also. It's my pleasure to be with you. Take good care. All Things
0: Pilates is produced, edited, and hosted by me, Darian Gold. Mastered audio mix by Fabian Romero. Theme music Soul Blue Piano Shuffle by Boom Zoom. I think we can all agree that our precious planet is in trouble. I think we can also agree that personal and planetary healing is so critical if we are to usher in peace. And the more we are awake and alert, the better it will be for all. I'd like to share an ancient Indian prayer with you. Lord, carry my boat across the turbulent waters of life. Help me keep my grace in this relentless world. You are my rower through deep rivers and rough waters. You are in my heart every moment. As I share this prayer with you, you're also hearing it sung by recording artist, Sukhawat Ali Khan. As always, I remain in awe of Joe's work, and I look forward to being with you in a couple of weeks for another episode of All Things Pilates.